Hello and welcome to Ringarama. My guest today is uh, very established in the Beatles podcasting world. It's uh, Tom Hunyadi. Hey, what's going on? We'll go for this album here, the Ringo 1973 album. His biggest album ever. We're going to go track by track through it. Ringo! Absolutely. This is a, uh, I mean, what can you say? I mean, this is probably, I mean, it's, this is going to be the rec- record he's going to be most known for for the rest of his life and even after he goes. And um, I mean, I think it's a near perfect record myself. This was the first uh, Beatles solo album to have two number one singles on it. Sure was. Which is pretty surprising because everybody thought Ringo was just going to be gone, especially because the two albums he did before this, Who Coops the Blues and Sentimental Journey, just they didn't go anywhere. No, they didn't. And uh, I mean, even though those are, you know, genres of music that Ringo loves, I mean, I don't think people want to, you know, the, the bulk of people want to hear him do, you know, country songs or, or you know, or, or those standards. Uh, which is too bad because I think he does a good job with those uh, those songs. But um, but you know with with um, with the don't come easy and uh, back off boogaloo, you know we kind of gave him a little. He kind of gave us a little taste of of you know what was to come. Yeah, yeah, those two hit singles which preceded the album. It was kind of in the Beatles' way of doing a not non album singles. Right, right. I mean, he was he was focusing on his film career at the time. You know, so he didn't really want to you know do an album um of rock and roll you know songs at that time um so i I mean for him just doing you know a song here and there was perfectly fine i mean he was he was keeping busy with the with the the films yeah you go to ringo the fourth and he's completely discarded the first two albums saying this is is his fourth album when it's really six Right, exactly, exactly. You know, because those first two albums didn't really go anywhere, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, those are really his first and second uh, second albums. Yeah, so we're going to go track by track. So how about we just uh, start with this first track, I'm the Greatest, which is basically a Beatles reunion song. Right. I mean, this was as close as a reunion as you can get. I mean, you, you're looking at um, you're looking at Ringo, you're looking at John, George, and then plus you get uh, Billy Preston uh, on organ, which was you know, really cool. And then Klaus Vorman, who uh, does bass on, I think, uh, pretty much every track on the album. And uh, yeah, I believe this was the uh, the track where they were like, oh, let's you know get the Beatles back together, but uh, let's have, have Klaus instead of Paul. <laughs> Paul McCartney was actually... I think he was probably on number one of his drug charges and he couldn't mention the States. Ah, uh, that's like true. In the States. I think he was recording Red Rose Fever when this was being recorded. Mm. Right. Well, I mean, they ended up working together eventually. So um, it all worked out. Yeah, he found this album. And yes. Yeah. Yep. So I'm the greatest. Yeah, I think this is um, again a great way to kick off the uh, off the album. I think uh, um, this was a good song for for again all three all three Beatles knew how to write for Ringo, and I think this was a perfect uh, John song to give to Ringo. Um, you know, uh, obviously we you know John couldn't have done this song himself, <laughs> so um, you know we give it to Ringo, and I think he does a great job with it. Yeah, I mean, the way it is with John doing it, if John did it, people would say he's too full. Exactly, full himself. Like Joe Ringo. 
<laughs> right, right. And I think it's a, you know, it, it's again, it's just like one of those, you know, kind of comical um, songs that Ringo's done a lot of throughout his career. I think it's, 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 you know, it's perfect for him. He even played it live a couple times, which is surprising because he never really plays his album tracks live. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I mean, he, you know, his voice has never really changed. So he should never really have a problem ever doing this song live. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So the next song on the song, this is, uh, have you seen my baby or as the record, the record calls it hold on, hold on, song, which is uh, a great cover in my opinion. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, I was just listening to the Randy Newman version, which really isn't that different, except for the uh, the addition of the Mark Bowen guitar, which, you know, is phenomenal throughout this whole song. <coughs> Excuse me, I really dig uh, what Mark Bowen brought to the brought to the song, because it just really gave it a little extra, some balls to the song, really. Yeah, you've also got Jim Keltner making his drumming appearance, his first drumming appearance on a ring album. He's going, he's, he will go on to work on most Ringo albums until Old Wave. And he's right. In the uh, All-Star 90 tour. Yeah, the very first one, right? Also, kind of, to me, I kind of think that, that Ringo could have drummed it, but maybe it just wasn't, maybe it just wasn't confidence because he was, in an interview in the 90s, he was saying that, like, he had not, he didn't have confidence in the drumming, even though he was even though he's a rock solid drummer, right? Because there were three drummers on the '89 All Star Tour, right? That's true. But you know, and yeah, he does bring Keltner in, and he does use you know second drummers, you know, a lot um, uh, during during this time, um, which is unfortunate because I still think he was really um, talented. He's still doing some really good stuff. I mean, his drumming on it don't come easy, and back up Boogaloo are, are phenomenal, and it's you know it's just him. Um, but uh, I mean, if he felt just he wasn't confident, I mean, I mean, Paul's gone through uh, uh, periods of, of his career where he just had, hadn't felt confident as a as a player. So I mean, I guess I can understand it. Um, but uh, I mean, they they really pulled out all the stops here for this album. I mean, I mean, this, they wanted this album to to be a success for Ringo, and I think um, having Keltner as kind of like a um, you know a safety net, I think was kind of a good idea. Yes. So, third song is, uh, this is the hit from the album, Photograph. It's uh, Ringo, George Harrison composition. I think they wrote it on a boat somewhere. Mm. And it's really got a lot of people on it. It's like a really, it's really just one of Ringo's most iconic songs. He plays a good composition. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look, you know, again, you got George, you got Klaus, you got Keltner, and you got the great uh, Nicky Hopkins, who, um, again, I mean, that guy can just, yeah. I mean, some of the stuff he's done throughout his career um, is amazing. And, and what he brought to brought to this song is is no less brilliant than a lot of the other stuff that he's, that he's done in his career. So, yeah, I mean, it's great to have. Yeah. And then you got the uh, uh, Vinnie Poncio. What's that? Some stuff like same love from uh, Flowers in the Barrier. Yes. Like, that's yeah. Stuff. Piano nuts like near the end of his life. Right. Exactly. So brilliant uh, piano player there. Uh, he'll be back again in another song. Um, but, but I mean, this is like A plus stuff. I mean, again, George knew how to write for Ringo as well. Uh, I mean, this is again, you know, well sung song by Ringo and uh, the whole band, the whole, this, this whole, this the song is just top notch. 
Yeah. I try not to play this one though too much because you know it can you can get fatigued on this song. George and Ringo were really like a writing team in the early seventies because a lot of these songs there, Harrison Starkey. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Was back off Boogaloo. I mean, I know George helped him with that, and I know you know there's the 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 the, the squabble about you know how much George Harrison helped um, Ringo with uh, it. Don't come easy uh, as well. So. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, they were a great team at that point in time. I mean, they also look, they also worked together on early 1970 as well. Yeah, early, early 1970 is probably Ringo's best B-side, in my opinion. Cause it oh, absolutely. And it, it wouldn't have been as big a hit as a dump me, but it would have been a nice, fun sing-along single. Absolutely. I think so. I mean, it's a, it's a good song. Plus, I mean, what is he doing? He's singing about the other three, uh, the Beatles. I mean, I think that could have caught on, you know, really quickly. Yeah. Also, it was released in the early 1971, which is right. Great, great right. So moving on to the fourth song, we have Sunshine Light for Me. This is mm-hmm. a Harrison solo composition, and it's got it's got a lot of the members of the band on it. Yeah, I mean, they do a great job with the, you know, the mandolin, the fiddles, the accordions, um, you know, great job there. Uh, you got uh, Klaus on upright bass, you know, which again is really cool. You know, you got, I mean, this is, you know, I know I was listening to your Buku's of Blues show the other day, and, uh, and I can tell that you didn't really care for that uh, that album uh, that much, but uh, I love when he does country songs, and this has got that, you know, this has a great country feel to it, and, you know, I mean, do you prefer this one, this country song, over everything else that was on Buku's of Blues? I mean, Buku's of Blues, I just don't really like the production much. All those good. Some of Ringo's country songs, like Crying off of Ringo's Rotogravier, Year, that's right. one of his best songs ever. Mm. And a lot yeah. of that stuff from the Vertical Man period that's country. Right. Yep. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I dig this song. Um, I think it's. Uh, I think his name is Don McLean the, from American Pie. Uh, he does a really cool uh, version of the song as well. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I think this is another really good one. Um, perfect for Ringo. Um, I would have loved to hear a, a George version. I wonder if he did a demo of this to give to uh, to Ringo or yeah, that demo of it don't come easy. That's George. Right. Right. So, um, or if they just um, brought the song in and they just worked on it in the studio, I'm kind of curious, um, you know, the origins of this song. So moving on to the last song on side A, this is the second number one hit. Second number one. Can you believe that? Uh, You're 16. And it's one of the best Ringo, like the production of the song. It's, it's just great. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, again, I mean, this, this album was not going to fail. I mean, they, they, I mean, everybody on this was handpicked carefully, you know, to to the producer, Richard Perry, who knew what he was doing. Uh, He was, you know, really becoming a hot producer at the time. So very capable of, of taking a song like this and turning it into a Ringo song. I mean, and it's, and it's great. I mean, again, you know, Nicky Hopkins, you know, um, you're looking at Harry on, on backing vocals, <clears throat> excuse me, um, even Vinny Poncia, which who became his uh, writing partner uh, for many years. And uh, the mouth sack solo from Paul McCartney, I think just really, you know, adds some more, you know, little little comedy to the uh, to the song. Also, Harry Nelson, he's the sole backing vocalist in the song. A lot of Ringo songs, I was doing right. a little bit of research about Time Big Time. You've got 20 backing, backing vocalists on one song. Right. 
and Perry Nelson is doing all the backing vocals. And Paul McCartney really hits it out of the park with that mouth sack solo. Right. Yep. Yeah, no, it's a it's a nice touch for sure, and um, I'm sure you saw the uh, the video from the uh, from the Ringo uh, TV special uh, yeah, from '78. Yeah, with Carrie Fisher. Yeah. No. I think that became the de facto music video for the song because I think right exactly similar to it on Ringo's YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, two number ones for Ringo, which. You know, I mean, you got to admit, I mean, that's very impressive. Um, the, the next one that would get close to it, um, I believe, would be Paul with um, with Band on the Run later that year. Well, in 74, he had a number one with Band on the Run, and then I think he hit uh, three with uh, with Jet. Yeah, so speaking of uh, number three on the charts, we flip it over to side two. We're right. talking about Oh My My. This yeah, hyped up as a bit of a number one single, but it, it didn't really hit it. No, I mean it was still a really good, uh, again, a really good song here with uh, Vinnie Pontia, and um, you know he's got Keltner with him again on drums. Uh, I, again, I think this is just another fun Ringo song. Um, uh, you know, I know it's kind of like oh, you know, re- re- very repetitive with the Oh My Mys, but um, you know I think it's great, and I love the bass line from from Klaus Vormann, the woom, you know, that's going on throughout the whole song. I think it's pretty cool, and uh, yeah, I think he's in fine voice on this one too. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he could have had another, you know, it would have been funny if he had three number one hits for one album, you know. Yeah, I don't think there is a, I think there must be one that has three number one hits to be a solo album, but it might be, I mean, the first one I can think to it would be like Double Fantasy. I don't know, because there was a lot of really singles in that. Right. Well, I mean, you had, yeah, you had Starting Over, Woman, that were, I think, were number ones, and then you had Watching the Wheels, which, you know, is a good song. It's just I don't think it was as strong as, as those first two songs. Yeah. You've got a lot of backing vocalists on this song, singing the uh, Oh My My repetitive chorus. The song's a lot, very similar to uh, Good Night Vienna from this mm-hmm. night album. That right. uh, pushy piano and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, I mean, you got Billy Preston on here as well. Um, so another great lineup. Uh, you know, Vinnie Poncia uh, on, on, on you know on harmony vocals. So yeah, I mean, it's um, another another standout track on the album. So this is the, uh, in my opinion, this is kind of the low point of the album. This next song. So, really? Okay. Hmm. And it's uh, a Ringo only composition, which is the yes. only on the album. And it's got a good amount of people on it and even features Ringo dancing steps. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is almost kind of with the clarinets, it almost feels like one of the, uh, you know, like a standard that he would have done on uh, Sentimental Journey uh, in a way. And then with the tap dancing a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a solo Starkey uh, composition. I think it's I think it's a good song. Uh, you know, obviously, I don't think it's, you know, one of the best on the album, but um you know, not every song is going to, you know, unfortunately is going to be a, a home run like Photograph. But um, I think for him to write a song like this by himself, I think that's, it, it's, it's a good, uh, a good job um, from him. And then obviously you're surrounding yourself by great players like, um, you know, Klaus Vorman and, and Nicky Hopkins again. Um, you know, and like I said, I, I really love the clarinet uh, playing throughout the, throughout the song. So it's fine. Yeah, it's a, it's a good song. It doesn't bring the album down at all. 
it's still it's still a good song it's not bad right right there yep i agree so this is this could have been a single on its own right six o'clock this is the next song on the album yeah i mean uh yeah this is another one i think again excuse me uh you know paul knew how to write for ringo as well um you know this is this is kind of almost like a track that that took a while for me to, to grow on me i didn't like it right away um as a Ringo song, but, um, you know, over the years, I've really come to appreciate this song and now I love it. And, uh, you know, I love his singing on it and it's, I love, um, the, uh, the piano and the synthesizers throughout this song because it does kind of have a feel like a granny feel to it, but then you got this, you know, this, you know, techno kind of, you know, synthesizer, you know, playing throughout it. And it kind of makes it feel, you know, retro and, and, and current at the same time. And, uh, you know, obviously you got, you know, Linda's, uh, Linda Paul on the backing vocals on this and, and, and Klaus. I would have liked to have seen that session, really, to see how, you know, to see Klaus on bass and then and Ringo on drums and, and, and Paul and Linda in there as well. I think that would have probably been a fun, um, fun session. There's also the extended version, which in my opinion is yes. the superior version. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean that you know when you get more Paul, uh, you know, backing vocals there towards the end of the of the song. I, I I think it's um I think you might be right. That might be better for sure. So now we go to the the deep cut of the album, hmm. um, Devil Woman, which in my opinion is it's one of Ringo's best rockers. Oh, absolutely. It really has a powerful feel. It's a composition with Vinnie Poncia of Oh My Not, and then you've got basically the same group that's been playing on most of these songs, you know, right. and Tom Scott arranging the horns and, you know, that whole group. Yeah, I mean, it's cool because then you know, it brings in Sexy Sadie uh, into the song. I just love, you know, uh, Devil Woman, You're Like an Angel to Me. I, it's just really a lot of stuff uh, going on it's, uh, with this song. I think um, I really dig this one. Yeah, like you said, it's, it's, it's a more of a, or a heavier rock, one of his heavier rockers in, in, during this period. And uh, it's one of my favorites on the albums. I, I love this song. I do not, I'd never skip this song. I think it's great. Yeah, I didn't really listen to it because I would always, when I was listening to the Ringo album, I'd listen to right. the Greatest, Photograph, You're 16, Oh My My, and then yeah. the Pop, and then um, that I wouldn't listen to the other five songs. Mm. Yeah, so, no. And, really well yeah. songs off this album. Yeah, I mean, once you give those other tracks a chance, I mean, you, you just find out how great they are, you know, and I've always loved the line, you know, you're like the devil with horns in the head and you're the only way I'll get you is to get you in bed. <laughs> I've always liked that line in this song. Yeah, there's also Richard Perry on the backing vocals. Yes, yep. I don't think he's on any of these other songs as backing vocals, but he, I think he does all right for just being the, for just being the producer. Right, mm-hmm. So now we're coming to the final song on the album, which is one of the best closers just ever. Oh, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal closer again, uh, George Harrison. You know, I, I would like to really know more on how much uh, Mel Evans had uh, to do with this song. Um, unfortunately, you know, we lost him a few years later. Um, but um, uh, because, I mean, it's the first time you'd ever see a Mel Evans co-write you know, with, uh, with George Harrison. So, but, uh, I love the way this song, uh, plays. I love the production on this one and I love the, the end where he's just, you know, thanking everybody, you know, that was on the album. It's really cool. Uh, 
Nicky Hopkins on piano again and Vinnie Poncia and Brian Jim Horns. You've got a basically by the end of the album, you've pretty much established a group of people that Ringo's been working with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, like I said, I mean, it, th- there was no way this album I think was going to fail. They had too many talented people uh, come and play on this album. And like I said, Richard Prairie was becoming one of the you know great uh, successful producers at the time so yes yeah exactly you know you know he helped uh barbara streisand get back in the top 10 um prior to um you know so he he, he was uh, becoming a very popular producer at that time yeah and uh it really closes the album out nice there is one non-album track oh yeah that's what down and out right down now i think it really deserved to be a non-album track. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm glad that they just stuck with the, the 10 songs because those 10 songs in a way makes you, you know, makes you uh, yearn for more on this album. And, um, you know, down and out, you know, adding that song to this, I think maybe would have, um, you know, brought it down a notch uh, because I just don't think it's a very good song altogether. It's like Blind Man from the Back Off Reboot single. Yeah, maybe, you know, but uh, again, um, I I, th- I think the album's perfect as it is. Um, I don't think it needed any uh, any more or any less. I think it could have used the six o'clock required. The one. <laughs> yeah, well, probably. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there was plenty of room on the album to put a six-minute song on there, you know. Yeah. So. I'm just hoping they do something with this album. Since the 50th anniversary is coming up, they should do a uh, deluxe edition. Maybe pack this, it into a nice, uh, instead of a suitcase, you can just pack it into a nice uh, <laughs> auditorium. You just get an auditorium right. to you, you know? Yeah, this is... Yeah, this is the one album, if they're going to do anything special for Ringo, you know, a 50th anniversary album, you know, this would be the album. And, you know, I'm sure there's some good outtakes or, or demos or whatnot that you could uh, you it's could the put on there. Ringo album. Like, if you're looking at stuff, um, stuff from the 90s, you can't even find, like, two, min- two and a half minutes of unreleased material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would love to hear, you know, um, you know more for more from this uh, these sessions because like I said I mean you just had so many talented people uh, you know playing on this album or uh, there might be a case where there was just not a lot of session or not a lot of demos or outtakes because you know everybody was so good on this album that um, you know we know we know I'm the greatest there was you know John had his version you know already to go I'm sure Paul already had six o'clock worked out in his in his mind you know I'm sure they were working on photograph and uh, Ringo and George were working on photograph before the sessions uh, started so I'm sure a lot of these songs were already worked out before the sessions even started yeah there's a lot of uh, like outtakes and rough mixes. Rough mixes, yeah, right. Yeah, in my opinion, rough mixes, unless it's something like uh, on the playing pie set, there's a the whole life rough mix. That's a completely different song. Okay. It's got a different band and everything, but right. Uh, these rough mixes, it's just kind of the album, but it's not as good. Yeah, see, I would have liked like something like a uh, maybe like an isolated vocal from six o'clock because I think his, his vocals are really strong on that album. I think that would be something interesting to hear because um, they, you know, they've done some isolated vocal vocal tracks on the you know on the on, on the Beatles sets and you know and I think I imagine there's a there's a vocal track one or isolated yeah. vocal track on uh, yeah. the John, these John Lennon box sets that have been coming out recently. You have the album yeah. 
I think a lot of these Ringo songs, if you don't really have that outtakes, I'd love to hear elements mix of like the piano on you and me, baby. Right. Maybe the guitar on Have You Seen That Baby. There you go. Yeah, not a bad idea. So, I mean, there's definitely things they could do for a box set. I mean, I don't see it being like a three or four CD box set. You know, I would be happy with just a two-disc set uh, myself. Well, Ringo's albums could, I'd like a two-disc two vinyl. And some of these uh, layer albums, they'd have to be half-speed mastered because they kind of go over the vinyl limit. Right. So what what vinyl do you have there? Is that the, an original uh, press, pressing? I've not gotten around to getting it. This is like a very bad first press. I've not gotten around okay. to a better press. But yeah. It's, you know, it's there you go. That's vinyl. And what's the CD out of it? Uh, this is just the, the early Capital um, CD from the early 90s, I believe. Um, I got my I got a John Lennon CD at the moment. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is, I believe, just from the early uh, – early 90s um yeah, i think they never 91 91 actually this was yeah. uh so um 91. digitally remastered this was di digitally remastered by larry uh, walsh capital recording studios november 1990 and then i did pick up the um i think it was the 70th anniversary or 75th anniversary uh vinyl of this and the good night vienna from capital yeah uh friday music does a really good job with those right. remastered vinyls I've got mm -hmm. one for time takes time and it's it's it just sounds really good but there is uh it's kind of funny there is some spelling errors on the vinyl i i have a i have a, an original um copy of um of uh, stop and smell the roses and they just totally mess up lawrence juber's name <laughs> yeah so yeah it's a shame. pretty good album so uh yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having me. I look forward to uh, you know hearing more of your shows. Yeah, I've got a pretty, I've got a couple of good ones coming up. I've got an interview might be out in, in like a week or so. I recorded it three weeks ago, but I've never gotten around to publishing it. <laughs> I'm working on it. It's an interview okay. with the guys who was actually on a Ringo album. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. So I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you when, uh, are you doing the, uh, I know, we're filming this on a Wednesday. Do you, do you still do the lines? Yeah, I mean, we're taking a little bit of a break. We we, we needed to take a, a two-week break, but we'll be back on the 12th of May to uh, to our uh, ranking the tracks, and we'll be doing uh, Memory Almost Full. Oh, me Memory Almost Full, that's a great, that's a great call out. I mean, it's, it is, it is. It was, it was kind of the, kind of a tough one to rank for sure. There's a lot of deluxe editions that, like uh, with Starbucks, they played it. They played it in Starbucks just straight for a day. I remember. Yep, I bought it at Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, peace and love. Peace and love all. Take care. Yeah. <laughs>